Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Welcome to Set Phasers. I am Stevie Mans, one of your hosts. And I am the other one of the hosts, Aki Burmese. <laughs> we are Star Trek nerds and fans, lifelong, with a similar story. Our, I guess our dads were super Star Trekky nerds and we just got into it. Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, were subjected to it early and uh, never gave it up. Mm-hmm. So if that's, you're... That's yeah. the way you... Yeah. And we, sorry, continue. I was going to say that's the way you come to love Star Trek. Indeed. And we, we developed on our own different journeys. I, I fell in love with TNG and Voyager, and you um, fell in love with DS9. So we, we cover a broad spectrum of Star Trek nerddom. There is no franchise of Star Trek. I can say this now, having recovered from my Enterprise hate. <laughs> There's no franchise of Star Trek that I do not love unconditionally. It took a while. It took a while for yeah. Enterprise to break through. <laughs> if you are just joining us for the first time, um, this is a highly logical Star Trek podcast, and we cover all 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 of the treks. Um, and we are just starting a new recap of Lower Decks. Yes. So far, if this is your first episode and you have no idea what we do, we've covered the entirety of Star Trek Discovery. That was sort of the impetus mm-hmm. to begin this. And then we did the new season of Star Trek Discovery that came out last year. We just completed Mm -hmm. a full rundown of the first season of Star Trek Picard. And uh, now we're moving on to Star Trek Lower Decks, which is very exciting. The Star Trek verse just keeps on giving. The Star Trek verse (laughs) just keeps on giving. (laughs) There's There's no end to it. There's no end in sight. Well, normally at this time, I, I say a, a star date for our episode, but I decided to borrow it from the first episode of Lower Decks, which begins with the Captain's Log. So today's episode is star date 57436.2. And we're discussing season one, episode one of Star Trek Lower Decks, entitled Second Contact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shall we run it down? Yes, we shall. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Okay, so this episode begins. We're in space. Uh... Someone is giving us a, a like a, a captain's log. It's literally captain's log. Started five seven four three six point two. The Cerritos is docked at Douglas Station for routine maintenance and resupply. And we we're hearing all the stuff about the ship, and uh, we think we're kind of hearing about uh, hearing from the captain. Turns out it's Ensign Brad Boimler, 
who's in a closet pretending to be the captain of the ship because he's such a big, big Starfleet nerd and so desires to be part of the the elite command bridge crew. But he is he is interrupted by fellow ensign. Uh, oh no, I forgot her first name. Beckett. Beckett Mariner. Her first name's not Beckett. Yeah, Mariner. Well, her first name is Beckett. I think so. Yeah. Beckett Mariner. You are correct. You are correct with Beckett Mariner. The captain's name is like Freeman. Yes. I can't remember. Carol Freeman. Carol Freeman. Sure. Anyway, he's interrupted by (laughs) his fellow Edson Beckett Mariner. She barges in. She tries to like take his, his recorder away from him. She's they're on shore leave because as as Boimler said, they're at Douglas Station and she's completely drunk on Romulan whiskey and she wants him to come get drunk and he's super straight laced. So we get a sense of these two characters who are gonna be our basically our two big leads. One is Boimler, straight laced, wants to go to the top, wants to be command, follow the rules, do everything right, big, big nerd. The other one is Boim uh is uh, Mariner who uh, literally stag- just staggers onto screen drunk, starts waving a batleth around with blood still on it uh, while Boimler screaming and then accidentally slices like directly into his the femoral artery in his thigh. And then they look at each other and scream and go to credits. So that's the kind of wild ride you're in for with Star Trek Lower Decks. That was one of my favorite opening scenes. It was just oh, it was great. hilarious. And it just lays up, mm-hmm. this is fan fiction, in a sense. But, like, the funnest, cleverest fan fiction. And, and they did such a great job of, like, giving us the notes of, of Star Trek, which is, like, big exterior shot of a ship in dock or around a planet, some sort of captain's log or something like that but everything is turned on his head the captain's log is not being read by the captain his over serious tone is immediately like contrasted by uh, Beckett Mariners yes Um, crazy antics and then she pulls out a a batleth and does an impersonation of a Klingon which is essentially like honor honor we love honor and then accidentally uh, if they weren't on a starship living in the, the 24th century would have killed our friend by accident. So great. And then the beginning of the thing, we get our we get introduced to our third main character. There's four, and that is uh, that's Ensign Tendi, I think Devana Tendi. Basically, a shuttle bay, a shuttlecraft comes in, lands. A bunch of new ensigns get off the ship, and the last one we see is an Orion woman with uh, one pip. And she's in the blue for science uh, uniform. And she's super excited to be there. And she's like, wow, we're on the Cerritos. And she goes up to somebody, I think I think it's the lieutenant or lieutenant commander. I can't remember what his situation was. And she's like, I'm so glad to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, keep it moving, lower decks. Go down the stairs. You're over here, over there. In any case, it turns out that her, what did he call himself? Basically, like, the, her guide for the first day is Boimler. So she walks in on Boimler and Mariner, who are, who are doing what Lower Decks people do, trying to fix a food replicator that keeps making hot bananas, keeps throwing hot bananas out. Uh, and so, you know, Boimler is like, yeah, hey, Brad Boimler, command staff. And Tendi is like, uh, she's another archetype. So you've got, like, Boimler, straight lace, follow the rules, 
Mariner, complete, like, anti-rule follower. Total badass. I don't... She... Does she ever have her uniform buttoned up all the way in this episode? No, I don't think so. Yeah. She's very much, to me, she reminds me of Ensign Rowe. She's got an Ensign Rowe thing going on, but not. she's not as serious. But yes, I totally, I get that. She's got the attitude. Uh, but mm. she's, her yeah. her pips are, her, like, her, her thing is never fully buttoned up. She's completely not in standard uniform. And then we've got Ensign Tendi, who's just incredibly excited, delighted to be there. And so they take her on a tour of the ship. And Mariner's trying to offload contraband from when they're on Douglas Station. And Boimler is showing her where all the systems are. And he's so obsessed with the bridge crew and everything. And Mariner's like, the bridge crew sucks. They're boring. It's cooler to be part of the lower decks where we get work done, but we get to party. And then Boim was like, okay, we should, you know, keep doing this tour. And then Mariner's like, I think we should go to the holodeck. And so they go to the holodeck. And Mariner's like, show us a beach scene. And then Tandy's like, take me to this place on Orion. And then they're like, what do you want to do, Boimler? And he's like, take me to the warp core. Uh, And they're both, that's awful. Uh, But Boimler gets called away to the bridge, which impresses Tandy and uh, pretty much just uh, Mariner's apathetic about it. And so they stay behind. There's a great bit where Mariner says, play <laughs> plays one of her original uh, Star Trek programs, which is something like Naked Olympic Workout Facility or something yeah, like it's that. Just hot man naked on treadmills. On treadmills and like balance beams and <laughs> and Tendy says this is uh, this is a very detailed program. Uh, so Boimler goes to the bridge. He encounters some. We, this is the first time we get to meet the bridge crew and their typical Trek bridge crew, which I think is the other cool thing about this show is that the bridge crew has all the, like, they're very serious, not, you know, I mean, everything is is heightened, but they're like bridge crew, bridge crew. Uh, The main first officer's got the beard. He's sort of a Riker, sexy Riker, seasons one and two type. Uh, And they're all, like, business, and there's the security guy that's way over the top, security, too, too macho. So Boiler is called in to meet Captain Carol Freeman, and he's very excited to meet her, and she doesn't know who he is, but says she wants, she basically is like, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep an eye on Ensign Mariner and tell me if she steps out of line. So we've been, oh, by the way, I forgot the fourth main character, Rutherford, who they meet on the tour. Rutherford is an engineer. He's in the Engineer's Yellow, and apparently a week previous to this first episode, he got his cybernetic implants put in, so he's half cyborg, but they're not functioning quite as they should. Uh, so that, that I'm sure, will lead to hilarity down the line. So it feels like we've got a sort of half Data, half Seven type character. Yes. half. Well, I would think of him as like a half Data Seven character, half like Neelixy. Mm. Yeah, that's no? fair. He's like very, very like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, he has no ulterior motives. He just kind of loves machines. He's just a super nerd. He and Tendi are kind of like very similar. Yeah. Watch that space. He's not like a nerd like Boimler who's, watch that space? Hello. He's not a nerd like Boimler who's like just once, just is a, you know, devout worshiper of of the command staff. Anyway, those are our four characters. Rutherford, Tendi, Mariner, Boimler. You got your bridge crew. So now there's there's an actual A plot but the cool thing about Lower Decks is that the A plot is always the B plot. And the A plot is that the Cerritos has been sent to this planet 
to carry out a second second contact mission uh, with a race of people whose name I have forgotten. They're like the Gorm Gormadians. Oh, Galadornians. And basically they're like small green porcine people. Well, they were purple. They were like pink. Oh, green. They were like, you know, Percy pig types. Classic pig types. They were pink pigs. Percy pig. Percy pig? Percy. Percy. It's a character. Percy Who's pig. Percy Maybe it's pig? a British thing. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, I'll show you Percy pig. All right, so they're classic Percy pig types. And they are were recently contacted. They had their first contact. And now, a year later, they're getting their second contact. So they're getting like a raise and stuff so they can contact Starfleet and stuff. Peppa Pigs. I miss, I miss Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig? I don't know who Pepper Pig Peppa is. Pig. No. Oh, still don't know. Oh, God. All it's right. not Percy. Right. It's okay. Pepper? Peppa. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig it's a, is a car- like a cartoon character from the it's UK? It's a cartoon. Yeah. Y- yeah. We don't have that. But he was more international, but okay. No, we had Porky Pig. Porky. Okay. <laughs> We're getting off topic. This is, this is an important off topic to get onto. Pigs. Famous pigs. Uh, so, anyway, Mariner and Boimler beam down. Boimler's trying to keep an eye on Mariner. Uh, and he sees her go off uh, away from their, like, mission plans. So he follows her, finds her talking to two of these Peppa Pig-type people. And, yes, I said it. Peppa Pig-type people? <laughs> and I'll say it three times fast. What? Go ahead. Mm. What? We're doing tongue twisters again? <laughs> yeah, Peppa Pig-type people. He thinks that she is, like, selling them Starfleet weapons. He pulls out his phaser on Mariner. He's like, you're selling weapons to these farmers. And Mariner's like, no, I'm not selling weapons to these farmers. I'm just giving them farm equipment. He doesn't believe. And there's a standoff. And the two pig people go back away into a barn. And then uh, Mariner shows Boimler that, indeed, yes. One was, one was indeed. enough. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away with my phasers. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, you know, please go a phase, phase on. This is that phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. We can have as much phasers as you like. Uh, anyway, it leads to a giant spider thing getting out of a barn and wreaking havoc and chasing them into the woods. While that's happening, <laughs> one of the command staff was bitten by a bug on the planet, goes back up to the ship. And while a Rutherford is on a date with a Trill fellow, like, engineer person, uh, that command staff person's, like, bite turns them into a, like, crazy rage Dracula monster that spits black vomit and starts biting people. And all hell breaks loose on the Cerritos. And it's spreading like crazy. It's contagious. And they're basically taking over the ship and fighting. They're turning into, like, basically zombies. And people are trying to fight back. And the date is still between Rutherford and his date is still going on the entire time. Uh, they, in fact, they wind up fighting some. Is that because they they had a red alert? Had a red alert. There was a red alert because of the zombies, and they Rutherford and his date uh, do a spacewalk and walk across the ship and do all these things that. Ultimately, I don't know why they did them, but I guess it was cool. But it was funny that they were having a date because the ship eventually becomes completely overrun by these people. Meanwhile, on the surface, Boimler and Mariner are trying to fight this giant spider. 
and they come up with a plan that involves throwing, taking off their clothes and stuffing them with grass, then distracting the spiders so the spiders attacking the clothes. And then Mariner jumps on the giant spider's back, and she tells Boimler to do it, but he's late in doing so, so he gets basically eaten by the spider. And then uh, uh, when that happens, one of the locals tells Mariner, like, hey, the spider's a herbivore. Don't shoot it, because you'll spoil the milk. It's not going to kill him. It's just, a, quote, suckling him for his, his moisture. I think it was gumming. I seem to remember gumming. 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 It's gumming him, gumming him for moisture. So Mariner and that uh, planet local have some milk while Boimler is uh, sucked in and out by the spider until it falls asleep. And then Boimler is covered in the goop. They beam him on the ship to find that all hell is broken loose. The doctor, who is a sort of anthropomorphized cat, sees Boimler covered in this juice and takes like a quick sample of it and does like a tricorder reading and then alerts the captain that the weird goop that he's covered in could be useful to uh, to uh, reverse the madness that's taken over the crew. And so they fight their way to the bridge and are able to synthesize the thing that they turn into a gas and everybody is healed. Right. Uh, and then the crux of the story basically at the end is that Boimler doesn't tell on Mariner because he realizes that even though he went down to the planet and found the goop and brought it back, no one sort of pays any attention to him and they give all the credit to the doctor. And he, I think he starts to see some of the pompousness of the bridge crew. Uh, and so uh, we also find out that Carol, Captain Carol Freeman is Mariner's mother. We also found out that Mariner was like, on a different ship that had made first contact on that same planet a year ago. And then she had gotten busted down, like demoted and then transferred to the Cerritos. So she used to be command staff like higher up, I guess. Uh, and now she's working as an ensign in the lower deck. So there's like a little bit of a backstory there. Why, why did Mariner throw her, her career away? And why are her parents uh, fighting over who doesn't have to watch her? <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, a little happy ending thing there. Where all four of them are back in the 10 forward of Cerritos. I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> and uh, Mariner's so happy that Boimler didn't tell on her that she decides she's going to become his mentor, whether he likes it or not, and make sure that he becomes captain. The end. I'm your new mentor. Surprise, bitch. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> uh, she then also <laughs> like runs down. She's like, do you know Worf? You know my man Worf? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think and Sulu. We need some Sulu. more sword fighters. We need some more sword guys. That could be your thing. You could you could have a sword. Maybe a sword guy. Yeah. What about Spock? Um, that's funny. Yes. Oh, that's you the other Spock. thing is that this mm-hmm. is set like I did some reading on this. This whole mm-hmm. thing is set sort of after Star Trek Nemesis took place. So okay. it's like after TNG's classic run, but obviously the most recent history would be like the Enterprise. Yeah that Enterprise TNG and also the the Kirk Enterprise so all those people are because we come to know that Captain Riker has his own ship of course he does yes later on he spoiler. might be showing up spoiler alert spoiler alert yes spoiler alert some characters you know and love may be showing up <laughs> including including uh, Captain Riker yeah I don't know what else to say about this episode I thought uh, you, you've got like a nice stage set here Oh, yeah. I just, I loved the way that it was set up. And I think I remember when 
they introduced it. They gave us that first scene with Boimler and Mariner arguing and like then she sliced his leg open with the bat lift. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that scene. And then like and then you get the credits and you get this sort of sweeping trek thing, you know, with the ship and it's beautiful. And then there's some sort of comic element to everything that you see with it. Yeah. And it was just so funny. You know, you've got the Cerritos engaging in a Borg fight, getting shot at and then turning away. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it hits an iceberg and then it's got an alien sucking at its nacelle, like sucking out all the power. And so you can like it gives you this. We've got the grandeur and we have the music, but and we're loving the Trek lore, but we're going to make fun of it just a bit. That's right. Couldn't agree more that. Yeah. Also, the Cerritos is a California class ship, which I think was mm-hmm. made up. That class was made up for uh, lower decks. But so it like looks like a classic Star Trek like star mm-hmm. you know starship but it also is a little more humble than say the enterprise or voyager uh it looks a little bit more like yeah. a, like almost like a hatchback or, or something in, in <laughs> my mind uh did you know what the cerritos uh, actually means no what do, what does cerritos mean apparently and i googled this Aha, uh-huh. let's let's get that. Mm-hmm. You can Google that. Can I Google that? You can Google that. No, you can Google that. It means little hills. Perfect. Well, yeah. that's the Cerritos. A hatchback indeed. A little hill. But I love all of the little attentions to detail. And like when they go down to like the crew quarters... And they are, you know, in lower decks where we've never really seen. So we're getting this view, like as Trek fans, of something that we've never really seen. And like the view of, is like of the aft. And it's kind of what we, we've we sort of seen with the shuttle bay. Yeah, it's like the shuttle bay where you see the aft of the ship and we see the back of the ship. And we sort of imagine that all of everything's going out. And that's kind of where lower decks sort of is because that's right. what the view is. So we imagine it's sort of around there. And it's kind of like the underbelly of the ship. And mm. that's where our crew are, are living. There is that, that map they show on the tour of the like cross-section of the ship. And basically, mm-hmm. Mariner's like, this deck and above, the saucer section. She's like, We're, we never go there. And it's like all the like plumbing and garbage part of the ship where they live. And in fact, their crew quarters are basically a hallway with beds on the walls. They're, li- they're in like bunk beds. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it is exactly what a tour bus looks like. In fact, just <laughs> holes in walls that people can lie down in. Yeah, because from TNG, we just kind of assume that everyone has these gorgeous quarters. Not the case. Right. But of course, those are all the command staff. Yeah, they all have these, True. their own bathroom and oh, fresh fruit on the tables. But that's probably all put there by these lower decks people who are constantly running around dealing with the, you know, what's close to it is when we get to see like Chief O'Brien's life. In, mm. in like later TNG episodes, DS9, he when they do O'Brien episodes, it'll be like him on the bridge. And then somebody turns to him and goes, fix that thing. And he's like, all right. And then he's like plumbing and pulling cables and doing all yeah, kinds Jeffrey's of Jeffrey's tube somewhere. We, he's in a Jeffrey's tube with a toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> His sleeves rolled up, you know, just trying to make things work so that whatever new alien virus is taking over the crew can be fixed. Or ah, whatever. for feck's sake, why am I in the feckin' Jeffrey's tube again? That's exactly how he talks. He says feck a lot. <laughs> does he? No, he doesn't. But in my head, he does. I think if they were to add 
Chief O'Brien to Lower Decks, he would say feck yeah. a lot. Yeah, he would. He would definitely. Uh, he would definitely. He, he. Yes, I agree. He would be uh, um, constantly cursing his existence. He does so without curses. And he says in, it with his eyes. With his yes, with his emphatic cursing eyes. Old Colm Meany himself. But that's neither here nor there. Mm. Uh, shall we move on to quotable moments? Let's move on. Well, we also had uh, some, we probably had some stats. I, this is, I did not pick up any stats. So there's one red alert and two beam ups. What we else had, did you have? I, we had a set phasers to stun. There was one set phasers to stun, yes. Well, I'm still counting it. I think this is finally a track where we can actually do some sets, set phasers to stats, but maybe it's not super fun. So we can just move on to quotable moments. Quotable moments. There we are. Okay. What do you got? I got... Let's see. What was my favorite one? Oh, I think at the beginning... At the beginning where Mariner is a bit drunk on... Was it Romulan ale or Romulan something? Romulan whiskey. Romulan whiskey. Yeah. And she's like... She's waving her batleth around and she's like, I got it from an old guy with an eye patch. I demand <laughs> honor. I demand honor. <laughs> like, that was fun. And then when Boimler was getting gummed by the giant spider, she was like, go to your happy place. Think about the warp core. Mm. Oh, that was... <laughs> Even though it was a cartoon, <laughs> it was very hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I have a fear of spiders. And then yeah. I think my last one was uh, Dr. Ta'ana. Um, yes. When the the you know everyone was being zombied, uh, she said, "No one's authorized to pass out." I enjoyed that a great deal. Yeah. That was when she handed to Anna somebody's heart and said, "Oh, she actually said something like, this anesthetic is useless. Your hands clean,' and then just like puts a heart in her hands and says, "Pump this.'" <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I very much enjoyed when. Uh, commander or lieutenant colonel whatever he is ransom the guy with the the, the riker type uh is mm. healed from his zombification he says oh what happened where am i and did i eat flesh and they say oh hardly any and he goes how much did i eat uh i thought that was great <laughs> uh <laughs> ransom and, tried to eat a guy yeah yeah ransom's just trying to ransom just tried to eat a guy we're fine I also, uh, this is not as hilarious, but I like the little speech. You know, I love a speech. No, oh, you do love a speech. You know, I love a speech. Mariner gives to Boimler because he's, you know, all upset about her going off on her own. And they're trying to track down the spider. And she says, I've served on five ships, man. I have seen stuff. One time I got trapped in a sentient cave for weeks. You ever been trapped in a sentient cave? That's a dark place that knows things. I almost got my head taken off by a singing crystal. I have been in a Klingon prison where I had to fight a Yeti for my own shoes for no reason. I just thought that was great. That's so, that like whoever wrote that knows Star Trek so well. Yeah. They were like, yeah, sentient cave. Like if you had been on five different ships, yeah, singing crystals, sentient caves. Uh, these are all totally, totally likely. Mike McMahon, we salute you. Mike McMahon. Oh, uh, this is stupid, but I've, it made me laugh even rewatching it. Uh, when because Boimler or Boy uh, Rutherford is on that date with with Barnes, and they're doing like a spacewalk because they had to leave one part of the ship that was overrun and go to another, and they're still like on a date even though they're in spacesuits and they're walking across the, the surface of the ship, 
And I think Barnes said, oh, no, Rutherford says, there's a maintenance hatch on the other side of the saucer that should give us access to deck eight. And he's like, what kind of music are you into? And then Barnes says, we have just enough oxygen to get there, but we're cutting it close. I really like this classical band called The Monkees. Ever heard of them? And then Rutherford says, let's just say I'm a believer. <laughs> now I'm a believer. There's, you could actually quote just entire episodes of Lower Decks. They're so tightly written, so well done. And they're only like, you know, half an hour because they're, they're sitcom length. I don't know. You're in for a real treat, folks. We're going to watch all of Lower Decks together. Yeah, we are. But we should go to next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Oh, boy. Yes. Next time on Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast, we'll be talking about episode two of Star Trek Lower Decks entitled Envoys. Uh, so get ready for that. Oh, I know. I think I know what this one is. Is this the one with the, the Klingon where they're escorting the Klingon? Is that the one where they're escorting the Klingon? I don't I like remember. And she gets drunk with the Klingon and he steals the shuttle. We'll find out next time on Set Phasers. Wow, that was episode two? Jeez. Anyway, thanks. Yeah, we we obviously it's that originally came out since I've Googled it. It's right here. That these episodes originally came out last August, so that's no, when we were watching them in real time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you enjoy the program, you can catch us every Monday uh, with a new episode uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but if you get the chance, please rate and subscribe us on iTunes. That would really be helpful. Leave yeah. a review even. We might. Maybe we we'll could read do, yeah. reviews. And follow us. Live. Follow us on Apple Podcasts because that's the new thing now. We is could to do. Yeah. Oh, follow us, of course. Yeah, follow us, man. What's up? Hey. And you can find us, of course, on Facebook, <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram at Set Phasers Podcast, where my meme game is hashtag strong. Or meme game. Hashtag meme game strong. Hashtag meme game strong. Meme game hashtag strong. Meme hashtag game. meme game hashtag strong. It's strong. Meme game strong. Yeah. I was proud of my last one. <laughs> one planet, one haircut. Oh, yeah. I saw that and appreciated it. Your, you. your Romulans with their one haircut. And Vol- it's Vol- true. Spelt Vulcans. It was the Vulcans. Oh, it was Vulcans. Did I say Romulans? Yeah, well, I'm they all have. To some... be fair, they do all have one haircut. It's very similar. That's it. They do. They get reunified, mm. as we now know. If you want to support us on our continuing mission to discover what Discovery, or Picard, or Lower Decks, or anything we decide to watch from Star Trek has in store for us, we'd only be delighted. You can patronize us. We can take it. By going to patreon.com slash set phaser. Speaking of Stevie. Yeah, we want to thank some of our special patrons, Kyle, Christine, Sky, Eric, and Kevin for being such awesome, awesome patrons and joining us every month for our fun Netflix, Netflix, Netflix watch parties, of which we have coming up on the 16th of yes. this month. So if you want to join us, become a patron and become part of our, our bridge crew. Live long. And prosper. I think this is your part. (laughs) Is it? Well, until next time, Aki, we were doing such a good job. Uh, I am Stevie Manns. And I'm Aki Vermees, and we only took a week off. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Oh boy. Computer. And program. Mm -hmm.